The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. Colm Cronin of the Irish NFL show joins me ahead of the biggest week in American sport and uh, one of the biggest occasions in world sport. Uh, Colm, how are you? Very well, Aidan. Nice to be joining you. Uh, lovely to be on Red FM. Uh, would have listened to, uh, to it a lot uh, in college. I went to UCC and worked in CIT before moving to Dublin. So uh, nice to be on the home station. Exactly, yeah, exactly. You must be really excited, of course. This is the... This is the, the best week of the year, I suppose, to be involved in, in NFL coverage. Yeah, certainly. I, I think all of the playoffs are really what you look forward to. Well, all of it, because, I mean, it's so limited. You know, you've got the 17 games of a regular season and then the playoffs, but it all culminates, obviously, in the, the Super Bowl. And this year in particular, because the Bengals were such an unfancy team before the season started, it's really interesting. I mean... You know, a lot of people would have thought the Rams would be there or thereabouts making the the big trade for Matthew Stafford. And obviously with the guys they've brought in during the year in terms of Odell Beckham and, and Von Miller, it's a very different approach to what you would get ordinarily in American football. But the Bengals are probably, you know, the feel-good story of 2022 and possibly the, the feel-good story ever since COVID emerged, you know, to have a, a young quarterback who came through the draft went um, number one overall, had an awful injury last year, an ACL injury, and comes back and kind of leads a team that had been in the wilderness for so long to the Super Bowl is fantastic. I mean, before the playoffs began, all of the talk was, you know, nobody had ever sent a text message about the Bengals winning a, a playoff game. And all of a sudden, here we are and they're they're sitting in the Super Bowl. So it promises to be an intriguing matchup between these two teams. Just before we dive completely into into the Super Bowl matchup, as you said, of course, Cincinnati Bengals versus the LA Rams on in the LA Rams Stadium, fully enough, even though they're not even the home team, which is something we'll get into a small bit later. A few uh, few stories uh, in the NFL over the last week, uh, and I suppose the biggest being that the seven-time Super Bowl champ Tom Brady has retired. Yeah, Brady has um, finally uh, hung it up. I'm, I look what a what a competitor. Firstly, the the most the fiercest competitor I've ever seen in sport in any sport. Um, you know, I, I would say um, possibly um, only only Roy Keane might uh, might match him in terms of intensity. But Brady, just the longevity to to do what he did for as long as he did is is absolutely phenomenal. I will say I, I'm not surprised that he decided to give it up. I think we began began for the like to see a little bit of decline this year. We had discussed it on the Irish NFL show that first game against the the Saints this year. That was the first time I'd ever seen Brady be human. Uh, he had a couple of throws where the ball just didn't go where he wanted it to go, and he was looking at his hand, you know, being like, kind of, what's going on? Because it had never happened to him before. You know, like the the famous saying about you know Manchester United um, don't lose, they they just run out of time. That's been Brady like throughout his kind of time in in the NFL almost. And when the Patriots um, lost or, or the Bucks lost, it. it was so rarely on, on Brady. So I think you you saw that even in their loss, in, you know, you saw it at times. Now, he was still fantastic. He was still better than average, um, but he missed a, a wide open Cameron Braid in their playoff um, 
loss. And so afterwards, when, you know, he began talking as well about spending more time with his family, I think that the hints were there. And obviously the way it broke will probably will, will disappoint him because I'm sure he would have liked to, to break the news rather than it coming out. And then him kind of saying, well, it's not confirmed. And then he confirms, you know, 48 hours later. But for for the league, obviously, I think Brady transcended the NFL. I, uh, you know, I know people who would have no interest in the NFL, but would have heard of Tom Brady. So it'll be a, a big void for the league. It'll be an enormous void for the Bucks. But for the the AFC, I mean, the, you have the young and up and coming quarterbacks. But for it to to break out beyond kind of the the sport i think burrow is who who the the league i'm sure potentially would like to be the next kind of face of not just the bengal's franchise but the the face of the league but to to do what brady did to win seven super bowls i think about it it's more than any single franchise has ah, just spectacular there, there's not going to be a lot of fans uh, missing him that that aren't that weren't Patriots or Bucks fans, and do you know what? He he actually would probably nearly rather that he's hated by so many people because like that's just a sign of how how good and how undeniable he was. Like I mean, the guy was absolutely sickening. Like you just knew that if he was within a score in the fourth quarter, like he was going to probably get the job done. Yeah, ha- hated, hated, adored, but never ignored. We spoke to um, Wade Phillips, who was defensive coordinator for the Broncos when they won Super Bowl 50. And he talked about, like, you know, having to game plan for for Brady and, and what you had to, to try and do. And the Broncos, on the way to that Super Bowl, they played the Patriots when the Patriots were, you know, uh, were still a force. And they hit Brady 24 times. It was a record. And yet, yet he was right there at the end um so yeah he, he definitely you know there had been talk when the chiefs had beaten the the bills in that incredible playoff game um andy reed talked about you know when things are grim be the grim reaper but that was brady i mean brady ruined um so many dreams i think the the jets you saw when he actually announced it the jets tweeted out is this uh, is this true is this actually real that's how much damage he did uh to to certain franchises so yeah, I think that they uh, undoubtedly he was he was easy to dislike. I think particularly when he was with the Patriots, but there was a grudging respect there for what he managed to to do. And I think you know in the fullness of time, when Brady has stepped away from the game for kind of six months a year, and people look at, at what he achieved, he is just phenomenal. Absolutely, and uh, one of one of only two franchises to have. Beating him in a Super Bowl are, are the New York Giants who have a new GM and uh, a new head coach as well, uh, Joe, Joe Shane and Brian Dayball. But the story isn't really about them and their appointment. The story is kind of uh, an, an extraordinary story exploded on the internet uh, throughout the week. And uh, Brian Flores has dropped a bit of a bomb on the NFL, hasn't he? He has. Um, he's taken a, a class action um, against the the league, essentially saying he's um, he's been discriminated against in terms of the the hiring process, and um, it it all came about through um, a text exchange with Bill Belichick, who apparently um, going by the screenshots, if if they are to to be believed, Bill Belichick 
texted uh, Brian Flores before Brian Flores had interviewed and before Brian Dable had interviewed for the Giants head coaching job saying congratulations uh, I, I hear it's going to be you and uh, over the course of the next few messages it emerged that um, you know they realized Be- Belichick realized he's texted the wrong person so I, you know, I mean, look, everybody's making statements at the moment in the league saying, no, 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 we, we haven't done anything wrong. And, um, you know, we, yeah, we, we, all the processes are thorough. So I, you know, I, I think that that will ultimately, there will be lawyers as Andrew Brandt famously says, but I think if you zoom out and, and you remove, because look, fans are always going to want to believe their teams or their players. Um, so but if you zoom out, right, we are talking about at the, at the time of recording, Aiden, in in the league, there's one black head coach and 70 percent, at least 70 percent of the players are black. I mean, could could my could Tomlin be the only black head coach at the start of the season? Yeah, he could like that. That's terrible. Like what, whoever your way you're looking at it, that's just not a good situation. And it's a situation that. I, you know, I think that the league has to to get a handle on. So removing the the Flores and that obviously is huge. And you know, you've you've seen people come out and say that they there are witnesses and there there are things to back up his statements. That will play out, I'm sure. But the league has, you know, there are people testifying in Congress to this week. Um, you know, in terms of talking about Dan Snyder's ownership. So it has been a year where there have been all sorts of issues. John Gruden was fired um, from his job with the the Raiders. So it's certainly going to be uncomfortable. And the other thing, like, so on the one hand, you've got this sort of discriminatory policy that Flores alleges. And when you look at every single head coach who has been hired thus far um, has been a white white guy, uh, you know that that's one side of things, but he also alleged that he was paid to lose games, and that you know might be an even bigger bombshell. That could ultimately be what costs Stephen Ross, who owns the Dolphins, if that was to be proven. If there is evidence that that is the case. Stephen Ross could lose that franchise because that it would be breaking multiple felonies. I mean, Ross could essentially be be looking at not multiple lawsuits and potentially criminal investigations. So, it is an enormous story um, in in the league. I I feel bad for the Senior Bowl, which is taking place um, this week. The Senior Bowl is uh, in a, a place where I suppose. Um, Players, players who are going into the draft get the opportunity to kind of show off their their skills. That has kind of been completely overshadowed both by the Brady news and now by the this Flores news. But it's a reckoning that I think that the league had to to come to terms with at, at some point. You know, we saw the Kaepernick stuff a few years ago. Um, we we also saw um, this year in terms of the concussion protocol that the league had different approaches in, in terms of depending on the ethnicity of um, players. And, and that was only solved when it came to a lawsuit. I wish for the league's sake, I love this sport. I think there are so many brilliant people involved in it. There's so many passionate people, be they fans, be they um, players, be they coaching staff, be they owners. There are some absolutely fantastic owners, but the league has to get its house in order and it shouldn't take a lawsuit or the threat of a lawsuit for the league to get its house in order. 
Exactly, yeah, certainly a story that's going to uh, roll on through the, the off-season. But before that, as we said, we do have a Super Bowl to look forward to, a novel pairing, Bengals and Rams. Uh, Rams, I suppose, uh, Super Bowl uh, the losers in 2018. Um, it, it was 1988. The last time was, was the Bengals in, in a Super Bowl. Um, we, we we mentioned a couple of, of, of the players involved. I suppose the quarterbacks is usually everyone's go-to point. Joe Burrow, the, the young guy, Matthew Stafford, who's been around for a few years. I suppose focusing on Stafford first, in my opinion, he's one of the most underrated and disrespected quarterbacks in the league. Like Joe Burrow is getting all the attention in the last week or so. Matthew Stafford can go in under the radar at times. I think it's probably a bit unfair in him. I think some of it comes, look, he played with the, the Lions and the Lions are ultimately the factory of sadness. They just cannot seem to, to get over the, the hump. And so he he was always associated with that. He was always associated with with failure. And it's only when he moved across to to the Rams that, you know, he's been able to show with better players around him maybe what he's capable of. And th- this is a league where ultimately rings are what counts the most, you know, and, and that's that's why Brady is held up as the, the GOAT. And that's why, you know, if you go back to John Elway, say John Elway until he won those two Super Bowls with the Broncos was kind of considered a failure, even though he had led the Broncos to three previous Super Bowls, but he hadn't won one until Peyton Manning got that second ring. He wasn't considered, you know, the top, top tier, even though Peyton Manning absolutely revolutionized the position. And when you look at, say, Aaron Rodgers, there are people who question Rodgers because despite what he's achieved, he only has one ring. So for Stafford, I think that was um, a a big issue is, uh, you know, the the fact that he just didn't win and he didn't win in, in the playoffs. Now he has done that and he has begun to transform the narrative, I, I feel, a little bit in, particularly with some of the winning drives that he's managed to, to lead. The, the throw to Cooper Cup, ultimately, to set them up to, to win against the, the Bucks, And um, the, the, the in the game against the, the 49ers, ultimately, you know, he was able to, to lead them to, to victory. And I think where you kind of compared and contrasted him to Jimmy Garoppolo, who... Uh, probably is one of the reasons the 49ers didn't get there and and a big reason. And I think for uh, Stafford, this goes back to, you you mentioned the last time the Rams were in the Super Bowl. Ultimately, they held Tom Brady and the Patriots to 13 points and yet they didn't win the game. And that, when you you hold them to that and you don't win it, well, the coaches, I think, always going to look at the, the quarterback and Jared Goff was there and I think McVay lost faith in him that day. So he brought Stafford in. Now, has Stafford played at, at maybe the level that Aaron Rodgers um, has played at or Josh Allen? No, but has he been very good? Yes, he has. Has he done what they needed him to do? Is he capable of making great plays? Uh, he absolutely is. And he's capable of making throws that Jared Goff never could. Now, he, yes, he does have some, well, he has too many um, interceptions, you would say, particularly in the regular season, but he's cleaned up a lot. He got lucky, you'd have to say, in that game against the 49ers. There was a huge dropped interception, which could have changed the, the course of the game. But that's a sliding doors moment, you know. Um, I, I think for, for Stafford, um, this is certainly a chance for him to cement his legacy. If he goes on and he leads the Rams to win a Super Bowl, he'll be viewed in a completely different light. 
Yeah, as you said, like the the defensive uh, performance from the Rams the last time there in the Super Bowl was was superb, and it, it that defense is still very much uh, a strong uh, unit. They've, as you said earlier, added Von Miller and uh, guys that like Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey still there as well. The old adage, I suppose, offense wins games, defense wins championships. Uh, the Rams defense forces Joe Burrow. Uh, what what do we what do you think we can expect from that matchup? I think that's going to be fascinating because if you take the 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 Bengals against the Titans, say, and the Titans who had a formidable kind of pass rush, and, and Jeffrey Simmons had a game for the ages, and the Titans sacked Burrow nine times, but somehow the Bengals still managed to win the game. Ordinarily, there's no way you would do that. Looking at this Rams defense. Aaron Donald is phenomenal. Aaron Donald, you could make an argument, is not just the best defensive player in the league, but the best player in the league. He is a game wrecker. You have to plan for him. And, you know, even when you manage to scheme up, the 49ers did a pretty good job of keeping Aaron Donald in check. But the problem is that Von Miller is back to playing at kind of 2015 Von Miller levels. If you look at, say, Pro Football Focus's ratings of pass rushers during the playoffs, they they grade Von Miller the highest right now. And so that's the pick your poison. Do you stop Aaron Donald? But then you have to worry about Von Miller. Do you stop Von Miller? But then you've got to, to worry about Aaron Donald. And they've got also got Leonard Floyd, who maybe isn't quite at the, the level of those two, but is still a very, very good player. And that that will be one of the things, because what the Bengals did manage to do against the Chiefs is Burrow only took one sack and he left Chris Jones very frustrated. And you had, you know, Frank Larkin basically admitting that he may as well not have been on the field. Uh, it reminded me, Romario famously said after the 94 European Cup final, he he they could have played with 10 men and it would have been the, the same. So for the... For the Bengals, they have to get the ball out quickly. Um, Burrow cannot keep it in his hands because if he does, the the Rams will get to him. You you cannot stop all three of them. Now, the Rams also have Jalen Ramsey, a fantastic cornerback. Do they line him up all the time against Jamar Chase? Um, uh, do, does Burrow therefore have to look at other options? They might be without their top tight end. So it will be very tough. But what I would say is... Joe Burrow is, he's unlike most QBs, his ability to deal with pressure. Pressure does funny things to people. And um, Burrow is a guy who is able to deal incredibly well. So when he went into, to, or even go back to that first regular season game with the Chiefs down 18 points, he didn't panic. Playing against the Titans, sacked nine, nine times, he doesn't panic. He goes into Arrowhead. The Bengals are down 21-3. He doesn't panic. And that, I think, is something that is, it's, you can't teach that. That's what Brady had. Um, no matter you know what the score was, Brady found a way. And that's what Burrow does. And Burrow, players respond to him. And it's fascinating for a guy only in the second year, the way in which players respond to him is fascinating to see. So I would say that Burrow versus that um, D-line is going to, to be 
probably what ultimately de- decides this game because you would have to say if the Rams are able to do what the Titans did, the Rams have a much better offense. They will be able to you know, put up the points that the Titans couldn't. As you said, there is that touch of Brady about Burrow. It's probably why I don't really like the guy that much. I think it's, I think it's slightly because my, my friend's a big Bengals fan as well and he's slightly annoying in the last couple of weeks. But uh, there is that touch of Brady about Burrow. Like, and he, he would be, he'd definitely be worrying the, the Rams defensive coordinator and the defensive players as well. Yeah, he will because he can make every throw out there. And for when you face somebody who pressure doesn't phase them, like that's very difficult to to game plan for. You know, there's that famous Mike Tyson quote: "Everything's got, everyone's got a plan to get punched in the mouth." Well, Burrow's been punched in the mouth. He's been punched in the mouth repeatedly, and he just stands up and and he keeps going about his business, and and that is a huge worry. Very often, you know, you can get inside a player's head, um, and that's a big part of sport. You know, the guys will do different things. They'll hit somebody late or they'll they'll say something and you're able to to do that but burrow you don't seem to be able to to get inside his head and he is joe cool this generation you know that was kind of joe montana who won so many super bowls with the 49ers and that's what this joe burrow is being known as but it's a touch of joe montana it's a touch of tom brady now he has to prove that he can do it at a super bowl and that's what will be so interesting. But if he was to do it, to win a national title, a Heisman, and to come back from an ACL injury uh, to, win, to win a Super Bowl, I think he'd be given the, the freedom of uh, not just Cincinnati, but Ohio uh, forevermore. And he, he has the, the weapons are there. The interesting thing, though, about Burrow is he hasn't been brilliant in the playoffs thus far he has done enough and i think his leadership has been really important but he if you were to think you know most people a didn't believe that the even the most diehard bengals fans that they would get to the super bowl but i think if you were to say to them you're you are in the super bowl and you've beaten the titans and you've beaten the chiefs they would have expected joe burrow to kind of you know put 40 points up in in shootouts but it hasn't been that way if if Burrow was to have the sort of game that he's capable of, they, the Bengals could win this absolutely. Also, I suppose it, it like Odell Beckham Jr. is a guy who, at one stage, was possibly one of the most uh, famous players in the NFL for for a time for two or three years when he was at the Giants. Um, there was that whole thing the the year the Giants got to to the playoffs where he was on the boat party and the. I reckon he cursed the Giants for about three seasons after that. But uh, for him to all of a sudden be back now with a team in a Super Bowl and for him not to exactly be, you know, the guy who everyone's focused on, uh, you know, if this was him with the Giants, it would have been all about Odell Beckham Jr. I suppose that's probably the the, the magic in in bringing him to, to L.A. where he's not the main attraction and he's able to just kind of focus on the game without having a lot of the fanfare around him. Yeah, and in fairness to to Odell, people thought he'd be a massive distraction and he hasn't been. And he's accepted his role as WR2, you know, Cooper Cup is undoubtedly WR1. And to have a, a player of the caliber as Odell Beckham to be WR2 is just 
incredible. And he has, he's come up really big when they've needed him. Like if you go back to say that 49ers game, the dropped interception after that, he makes an amazing catch out in the, the sideline and he holds on to the ball despite the fact there's an awful helmet to helmet hit. I thought I think the 49ers really lost the the plot after the, the dropped interception. And he got another 15 yards tacked on at that point and he didn't react. I think maybe Odell of old would have reacted, but I think he has matured. He's grown up. He's no he knows he's in with a shot of actually winning a, a Super Bowl. So he realizes it's it's less about him and more about the team. And that's I think what's ultimately is you can have a, a team of superstars, but if they play as individuals, forget about it. And for for Beckham, this is his chance now to he he was the superstar. You go right back to the catch and that that incredible image of him like reaching, you know, one-handed behind his head to, to get the ball, which was, you know, it proves the athleticism of these players. Uh, but but it was all Odell. And now it's it's not. And I think that Sean McVay and the coaching staff of the Rams have to get credit for the way in which they have integrated the, him into their system. Now, I think the other thing, though, about the Rams is bringing in Odell, bringing in Von Miller. If the Rams win this, does that then set a precedent where we may see other teams do it? That which traditionally hasn't been the way in the NFL. I don't don't think it'll ever go to the NBA kind of super team level um, because you're talking about, you know, the players don't have the same level of power that they might in the NBA. But I do think that you might see people essentially bring kind of in uh, almost on loan, like Von Miller was essentially brought in to do a job in, in the playoffs. They have to decide whether they're going to extend him and keep him next season. Odell, um, it, it's kind of similar. If the if the Rams win it, other teams might go, well, that might be the, the way we need to, to look at it. But in fairness to the Rams now, they have drafted really well in the later rounds as well. They've tended to just do away with the first, certainly the first round, potentially the first and second round at times. Um, but they've drafted really well in the later rounds. So it will be fascinating. It's a very different approach to say what the the Bengals have done but in fairness to the Bengals they they brought players in in free agency and they had to overpay a little bit to get guys to go to Cincinnati so it's not like it's only the draft with the Bengals as well they have brought in free agents but they haven't traded in the way in which the Rams have done Excellent stuff. Uh, you have a packed week, uh, the Irish NFL show crew. You have a packed week. Some of you are going to LA. Are, are all of you going to LA? I know you have a show in Croke Park as well uh, this weekend, is it? Yeah, we do. We're, we're recording in Croker, which is very exciting. We we started the, the season by recording in uh, the Aviva. It's great to be at the, the old Lansdowne Road to do uh, kind of our season opener. And essentially our, our last show before we go to LA is, is at Croker and it's with uh, Jeff Reinbold, um, who people may know from Sky Sports. He's also a legendary coach. And then we'll we'll be heading out to LA. I fly out to, to LA early next week and we'll be there at the Hall of Fame um, Awards. I'll be there um, at the media engagements later in, in the week. And we have a big show 
from outside SoFi next Saturday. So on the, the day before the, the game, um, we have a, a couple of uh, great guests uh, for that. Uh, an NFL, current NFL head coach, uh, a Super Bowl winner, and a couple of faces that I think uh, Irish audiences will, will recognize as well. So that should be a, a, a great show. Um, and to have the opportunity to go to, to LA and to be in and around and to you know pick up the the atmosphere will be absolutely phenomenal i'm just so grateful to to the support that we've had and to getting to know the nfl community all around the the country like I grew up in Fromoy watching the NFL uh, in the late 80s, right? There there weren't too many other people in Fromoy watching the NFL at that stage, but you're seeing the game kind of grow and the interest levels grow and on Twitter, people getting in touch. And like over the, certainly the course of the season and the playoffs, like the interaction on Twitter has been amazing. Um, so it's been really, really fun to to see. And hopefully now that, you know, perhaps we're hopefully getting to a post-COVID situation, we can look to do kind of more meetups and stuff. We've done some in Dublin. We've done done one in Belfast hopefully we can do them kind of um, down in Cork in Galway and in other parts of the country as well absolutely Irish NFL show on Twitter is probably the best place uh, to stay up to date with everything that uh, you're doing um, enjoy the week uh, Colm thanks a million for coming on and uh, so I'm starting to get excited now for, for Super Bowl week uh, it should be should be a good one just want to say thanks uh, for the invitation and uh, for the support Aidan great to join you today The Big Red Bench, Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m.